Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. The title of my message this morning is Behind Enemy Lines. We're, we're in a series at the moment called That'll Preach and it's meant to be movie titles and so Behind Enemy Lines. And, and uh, if I was honest with you, I was putting my message together but I didn't have the title. Usually the title for me comes last. And I said, Lord, what do you, what do you wanna call this message? And, uh, you know, and I had rules of engagement, you know, it's about warfare. And, uh, and then I just felt God just say, call it behind enemy lines, behind enemy lines. And the reason that that is, is because sometimes we can get into church and we can hear power, powerful principles and we can actually exclude ourselves or disqualify ourselves because, oh man, uh, you don't understand that probably works for those other people, but not for me because right now I'm behind enemy lines. I'm behind enemy lines. Uh, when, I, when I got saved, it was amazing. The first thing the devil said to me was, hey, you can, don't believe for, for you to have a family or for you to have a functional marriage because you come from dysfunction. Yeah, 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 you're saved and going to heaven, but don't expect freedom. Don't expect functionality. Don't expect blessing in that area. Financially, my, my, you've heard the story when I went to Bible school, my father made sure he was so mad that I was leaving engineering to go to college to pursue Christ, to become a, a minister, that he was so livid that he said, not one cent, not one cent of support will you get. And so he withheld the, the time where I needed the most. And I remember just thinking, well, I guess I'll never own a home. I guess, you know, we'll never get ahead financially, but you know what, I still want to serve Jesus anyway. But what was amazing, if, if you were to talk to me back then and ask me, interview me, hey, do you think you'll ever be financially prosperous? Do you think you'll ever be able to succeed financially? I would have said to you, oh, no, no, this principle will work for everybody, but for me. But as you begin to read the Bible, you begin to realize that God does His best work behind enemy lines. Joseph went down to the enemy's camp. Joseph was in Egypt. He was in a dungeon. In e he, you can't get more behind enemy lines than in a prison in a foreign land where your daddy believes that you're dead. So no help is coming, no support is coming. He is completely cut off from any support, but God, but God was with Joseph behind enemy lines and because he, he, God's hand was upon him, he delivered the nation of Israel. You'll find that God does his best work behind enemy lines. I say all of that to say this, that God's principles work the church. Jesus says, I will build my church. The church is positioned behind enemy lines. When Satan was cast into the earth, Satan is different to God. God is everywhere at once. The Bible, Bible doesn't call this, the, theology calls it omnipresent. God is everywhere at once. Satan can't be everywhere at once. So he has to concentrate his power. So he seeks office. He seeks positional authority. The, the stupidest thing the church has ever done is, is disconnected itself from political engagement. We'll, we'll take any heat. We'll take any persecution because I'm not so thin-skinned that, that I care more about what people say of me then I care about my assignment under heaven and that is to bring, bring shift and change to your life and to our city. So, so we, rec we recognize that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against thrones, dominions, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. All of those, all of those are seats of power. We realize that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. So we recognize that we got to get engaged in this thing. We recognize that the church is behind enemy lines. Just because she's behind enemy lines doesn't mean that she's under. She may be behind enemy lines, but God has given her authority over the unseen realm, over unseen rulers, over unseen forces. 
So in, in Isaiah 36, 16 to, to 21, let's just read that. Uh, what's happened right now, the, the, the story here is Hezekiah is the king of Judah and the king of Assyria has come down and he, he says, I'm not content just to kind of rule over all of this. I want Israel as well. I want, I want Israel to be conquered, to be dominated, especially Judah, Jerusalem. And I'm going to come and I'm going to bring my vast army and I'm going to crush you. You've got two options. So let, let's read it. So he, he says, this is the king of Assyria, his, his ambassador comes and, and says to the people, and it's interesting, he does this in Hebrew. They, they just before, a couple of verses before, said, please don't speak in Hebrew, you're going to frighten the people. And they're like, why do you think we're speaking in your language? The devil knows your language. He knows how to trigger you and he knows, he knows your history. He knows how to speak the right words so that you'll receive them because they sound familiar to you to keep a ceiling on you. And he says, don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree and drinking from your own well. Then I'll arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and a land of new wine, bread and vineyards. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath, Arpad? What about the gods of Sepharvaim? Did, did any god rescue Samaria from my power? Pfft, no. Keep going. But the people were silent and did not utter a word because Hezekiah had commanded them, don't answer him. Don't answer him. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to just not engage with, with the devil. 1 Samuel 17, 8 and 9. 1 Samuel 17, 8 and 9. For 40 days, Goliath turns up. He goes down into the valley, the valley of Elah. He, he steps in there and for 40 days, morning and evening, he pipes off and it's the same commentary every day. It's the same declaration every day. It's the same narrative every day. The Bible says he stands there, cries out with a loud voice and says, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he is able to kill me, we'll be your servants. But if I prevail and kill him, then you will be our servants. Let him come down to me. The Bible says that all the children of Israel were afraid at, at his voice. Now, last scripture, Luke chapter 11, 20 to 22. Luke chapter 11, 20 to 22. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus has just cast a demon out of a man who uh, was both deaf and mute. He couldn't speak and he couldn't hear. And the Bible says when the demon left the man, he immediately began to hear and began to speak and everybody marveled. But the Pharisees came in and says, oh, no, 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 don't, don't get too excited. He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the chief of the demons. And Jesus is like, come on, you knuckleheads. He said, if a kingdom is divided, how can it stand? If Satan starts casting out Satan, if there's division in his kingdom, how can his kingdom stand? And then he says this, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Then he goes into a teaching. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his goods are in peace. But when one stronger than he comes... He must first bind the strong man. He overcomes him, takes from him all his armor in which he trusted, and then he can divide his spoils. So I want to give you five quick thoughts on principles for warfare behind enemy lines. And, and I want you to know this, whenever God introduces himself, he introduces himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The reason God does this is because he wants you to know he doesn't just redeem what you lost. I've I made so many mistakes in my life and I thank God that I've got a redeemer. But God wants you to know, hey, 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 I'm not just limited to, you know, what you've lost. I can also redeem what your father, the Bible says houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers. 
The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But sadly, the generations that are gone before us quite often have squandered because they didn't follow God. They were rebellious to God or they just didn't apply his word. And so, so many of us have to start behind enemy lines. We're behind financially. We're behind relationally. We're behind emotionally. We're, we're, we're behind we're, we're dysfunction, addiction, poverty, this, this cyclic abuse are our things. But I want you to know that God's power is designated to operate behind enemy lines because the God that you serve is a God that doesn't just redeem from your generation. He'll redeem from the generation before you and the generation before that. All of God's promises are yes and amen. So let me give you five quick points. The first point is this, that evil is not content to coexist peacefully. Evil is never content to peacefully coexist. When we were in Italy this year, in, in, in late June, early July, I could not get over how stunning the Amalfi Coast was. Positano. And it's really easy to speak Italian. I think I told you before, you just hold the middle vowel. So it's not Positano, it's Positano. Capri. Linguini. Spaghetti. Al dente. Everything they say, Roma. You just, you just hold them. I'm like, oh. So I'm like, g'day, but they didn't understand that. I'm like, I, I thought I was speaking Italian, but apparently not. But I'm, I'm telling you, it was that beautiful when we, when we sailed to Capri, when we, ma, it was like, like I said to Leanne, babe, when I get to heaven, if, if, you know, obviously with Michael and Lisa and El Cajon and the explosion, you know, there's apologies when we get there. Like, hey, I know it's a little overcrowded. The revival that happened, we, were, we didn't get time to finish all the mansions. You know, I'm going to volunteer to go to Italy. Send me to Italy. Like it was like, I couldn't tell that it was like Forrest Gump. I couldn't tell where earth finished and heaven began. Jenny, it was so beautiful. Like, it was like that. So, but then I began to think about it because I have this weird brain. I began to think like, man, like Italy was here when the Garden of Eden was here. Like Italy was beautiful when the Garden, but I mean, if I was the devil, I would just live here. Why can't you just leave good enough alone? But oh, no, no, no. He, he, out of all the beauty on the planet, he's, he, he, he's got to slither his way into the Garden of Eden. He, he, he's got to sow dissension and discord, distrust between God and his kids. Can you really trust God? <laughs> you can't trust him. He's holding out on you. The only reason he doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because he doesn't want you to be like him. His whole agenda, we know his motive, is let us make man in our image and in our likeness. What a liar. He doesn't want you to be like him. His motivation was to make you like him. But he sows discord because Satan is a defiler. The enemy, evil, is not content to coexist. The, the devil didn't want to live in Italy and let them do that. He, he can't help himself. The king of Assyria, he's conquered all these kingdoms. But it's not enough. It's not enough. He, he has to take Israel as well. The Philistines, it was not enough for them to just coexist with Israel. They, so the coexistence sticker is, is not from God. It's from the devil. It looks like it's, it looks like, oh, no, no, no. Listen, you know, we can all get along together. We all, all sing Kumbaya. Obviously not the religious people. Atheists, they don't like Kumbaya. They want to square. You need to understand that you cannot coexist with evil because evil will not peacefully coexist. Evil always seeks to dominate. It seeks to intimidate. It seeks to enslave. It, it, it does not want to peacefully. It wants to destroy. It, it, it can't help itself begin into our education system and start creating division where Martin Luther gave his life because he had a vision that little black boys and little white boys could be on the same playground, not judging themselves no longer by the, co the color of their skin, but by content of their character. But we have a, a political party in power telling people, no, 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 you ought to judge people by the color of their skin. 
creating division. We, 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 the, the devil just can't leave. He's got to get into our education system and teach little children about all kinds of sexual perversion. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because he's got to groom our children. He's got to create perversion. He's got to, he, he's got to get into our school and bring spirit of confusion and then remove the authority of the parents so that little children can, can make life decisions. I mean, when I was a kid, we had PG-13 for just a movie. Like if you want to watch The Never Ending Story. And I didn't watch it because I thought, I don't, like, how long is it if it's The Never Ending And so, um, I mean, I didn't, it's false advertising if I was honest with you. And that they, had, they had ratings, PG-13. Like, are you kidding? The rest of your freaking life and, they, and this, this want to remove... The, the devil is not content to coexist. Therefore, therefore, we need to not only oppose, but overthrow. We need to oppose and overthrow. We need to draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you're not taking our children. We oppose CRT. We oppose this LGBTQ agenda. We oppose this, this, this trans nonsense, this confusion. Let our kids just play. Let them just discover. Let them just be children. Let them have fun. Let them... We have to oppose, but we have to overthrow. We have to overthrow. Second one is authority flows to whoever has the greatest weapons. I was speaking with one of our special forces uh, guys probably maybe a decade ago, and he just got back. And at that time, uh, Obama had, had called ISIL, ISIS, uh, the, the JV of, of terror, only to find that he was completely wrong again. And so he just got back from a tour of the Middle East and Northern Africa, and he said it was absolute chaos. One of the places where they went, they were, they were uh, chopping the hands off people. Anyone that uh, was trying to resist the regime, they were raping uh, women, and it, it was just evil. And he said what had happened was uh, one of the warlords had gotten an influx of weapons through Russia. And so they were, they were sporting brand new tanks and Kalashnikovs, all these guns and all this weaponry. And, and, and so that they could now be the dominant power in that village. And he was just kind of talking. I, I would just meet with him whenever he came back from deployment. And I would just let him talk because I realized he needed to talk just to get therapy, you know, with all the... PTSD with everything that he saw. And so he, he, he wasn't teaching me per se. I was listening and he just made this comment. He goes, yeah, because you know that authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. And I stopped him and said, well, hang on, what did you just say? He said, oh, to him it's normal because he's special forces. To him it's normal. He deals in warfare. But when he said something, something went off. He says, authority flows to whoever has the most weapons or, you know, the greatest quantity and quality of weapons. If, if you've got bows and arrows and somebody turns up with, with tanks, they're going to have authority. And so, so I thought, isn't, isn't, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? The Jesus, one of his last statements to the disciples is, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I don't want you to leave. And they're like, well, hang on, you just told us great commission, go into all the world and preach. He says, I know I told you that, but before you go, I need you to wait. Well, which one is it? Do we go or do we wait? It's both. I need you to go. Go is, but I want you to wait. What are we waiting for? Power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, now, when I first got saved, Katrina, when I first got saved, that they, 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 they told me, oh, now that you're saved, you got a big target on your back. When you get saved, you get a target on your back like devil. devil, devil there's a target on your back and devil's going to come after you. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Why didn't somebody tell me this before I got saved? Because the devil was already jacking my life up. He was already messing my life up. And now you're telling me it's going to get worse? Nobody told me this in the appeal. They just said Jesus came to life, life more abundant. I said, yes, I want that. No one said anything about that. You're going to get a big target on your back. Can I tell you, it's a lie. You were born with a target on your back. You didn't get a target when you got born again. When you were born, 
there was a target on your back because you bear the Imago Dei, because you bear the image and the likeness of God, Satan hates humans because when he sees you, he sees the image and the likeness of the God that dismissed him from his lofty position, cast him into the earth, pronounced judgment and sentence on him. He is filled with rage. So let me tell you, you already have a target. The devil's already messing you up just because you bear the image and the likeness of God. When you get saved, it's not that you get a bigger tiger. When you get saved, you get power. When you get saved, you get weaponry. When you get saved, you get armory. The reason the devil doesn't want people to get saved is because when you get saved, you start getting power over the enemy because authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. I want you to know there is no weapon that formed against you that shall prosper. The the Bible says that the enemy come against you one way, but he will flee seven ways. There is no God greater than our God. There is no spirit greater than the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 11 says the same spirit that raised Christ up from the grave is the same spirit working in our members. I want you to know that Jesus gave the church power. No wonder when we came to San Diego, people tried to get around me and say, hey, listen, if you want to build a church in San Diego, whoa, 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 whoa. just don't do any of the Holy Ghost stuff. Don't do, any, don't do any Holy Spirit. Don't do any power of God. Because the devil doesn't mind a powerless church. Why is that? Because he knows authority flows to whoever has the most power, to whoever has the most weapons. Well, guess what, devil? We ain't backing up and we ain't backing down. We, we are going to continue to baptize people in the Holy Ghost. We're going to get them filled with our anointing, filled with power. We're going to get them operating in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to teach them how to walk in the armor of God. We're going to teach them how to do warfare and take down the enemy. Authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. To whoever has the most weapons. And, and, and I, love, I, love, I, love, I love Luke. Jesus, Jesus says there's only two options. He says, when a strong man fully armed guards his palace, his goods are in peace. But I want you to notice, if, he says, but when a woke man comes in with a deep V-neck and... What? Oh, it doesn't say that. Excuse me. He says, uh, he says when a strong man fully armed guards his palace, but then a pacifist comes in. See, there's only two options. Either you're the strong man or you're the one stronger. Either you're the strong man or you're the one stronger. In this life, you will face strong opposition. As we heard, you know, beautiful pastor David Wyatt Earp. That's his real last name. Because he's a fighter. I love that. And I love that he's married to a warrior princess who says, baby, have you been praying? You, you, you. Darling, of course, the opposition's going to be strong. Of course, the obstacles are going to be strong because you didn't go to stronger. Have you been praying? Have you been prophesying? For goodness sake, reach up and get some of that power and begin to prophesy, begin to declare, begin to speak blessing, begin to speak life. Don't let the devil have the... Don't let the devil have the last words. A strong man fully armed guards his palace, his goods are safe. Newsom thinks his goods are safe. Fletcher thinks his goods are safe. But guess what? One stronger is rising up. One stronger is rising up. We're going to bind the strong man, take away the armory in which he trusted. It's a new day for San Diego. It's a new day for California. Everywhere I travel, whether it's the beaches, whether it's the mountains, whether it's the vineyards, whether it's the valleys, every time I look at California, my heart leaps and says, this state is worth fighting for. I know there are people fleeing the state. I ain't fleeing, I'm fighting. I'm fighting because it's worth fighting for. And last time I checked my Bible, my God's power works behind enemy lines. Last time, last time I checked, he only needed 300 with Gideon to take down an entire Midianite army. I want you know something your God who is for you he is for people that stand up when men rise in courage God moves in might when God when men rise with courage God moves in power it's time we see the power of God can somebody say amen now if authority flows to those who have the most weapons what do you think's behind the agenda to get rid of your second amendment 
It's, it's not about safety. If it was about safety, they'd look at the metrics and they'd realize, huh, wow, the, the, the cities and states that have the highest amount of guns have the least amount of crime. I was just up in Idaho and in Idaho we're standing, we're lined up for, for breakfast and there was just some, some young pups in front of us. I mean, 21, 22, 23 at the most and they've they got guns because it's an open carry state. And I'm with, with Mike Clark, who's one of my boys. He goes, see that pastor? See that pastor? <laughs> Won't be any trouble here, pastor. I'm like, I ain't going to mess with anybody. See, our founding fathers knew that if the government has all the weapons, authority flows to, that's why they're not wanting to disarm you because they really care. They're wanting to disarm you because they want to dominate you. The founding fathers saw something and the, you know, this is not just 1776. Have a look at the 18th, 19th, 20th century. You will find that any nation that gave up its weapons, it did not bode well for that nation. What about Australia? Glad you asked. I'm from Australia. <laughs> Those idiots have only just opened up their borders. People couldn't go to work unless they were vaccinated. You had to take an experimental vaccine into your body just to continue working lest the government shut you down. They, they were arresting teenagers, arresting teenagers who snuck out at night, went down onto the beach at night, had a bonfire on the beach, were playing the guitar, singing songs. They had police helicopters circling and then they arrested them and fined their parents because of COVID lockdowns. They weren't spreading COVID. It was just the insanity, insanity. They, they, I think they had all up. I think all up it was like 74 deaths attributed. 71 of the 74 were in the age, age bracket of 90 or older and all in hospitals where they had run, run death is near, excuse me, remdesivir. The nurses were calling it run death is near. Right now the CDC just heard that you know, uh, actually, remdesivir has zero benefit on. Wow. Wow. The reason they, they want to take away your weaponry is not because they care about you, but because they want to dominate you. Yeah. Evil is not content to coexist peacefully. It wants to dominate. It wants to enslave. We have to oppose and we have to overthrow. We have to understand that authority moves to those who have got the most weapons. You have the most weapons. Number three. Number three, this one's going to sound like a little bit of a bit detour, but hang, hang with me. You can judge the character of a king by the quality of the kingdom. You can judge the character of a king by the quality of the kingdom. I was up in San Francisco. What a freaking mess. Do you know that, that California, just a decade ago, and it may not have changed that much, had the fifth highest GDP in the world. It's a state, but it has a greater GDP than, you know, nearly all the nations in the world. The, the, the wealth that is in California, do you know right now, out of all 50 states, which state has the highest level of poverty? California. You can tell a lot about a king. You can tell a lot about uh, the authority by the quality of the kingdom. I was down at Belmont Park down in, in uh, Mission Beach and one of the gentlemen in our church about seven or eight years ago bought Belmont Park. And he said, hey, pastor, you know, I want to give you guys tickets. And I'm like, ah, I really don't want to take my kids there. And he says, oh, no, no, you know, I own it. And uh, it's very different to how it used to be. He told me the story about when him and his wife pulled up, his wife didn't want to get out of the car and make sure the car was locked because it was, and so he knew uh, he was about to negotiate and he was going to get it for a steal because his wife didn't even want to get out because it had the highest crime. There, there were uh, gangbangers and drug dealers living there, squatting there. It was full of homelessness. There were stabbings. There was murders. There was graffiti everywhere. Nobody wanted to go there anymore. So, so he, he bought it. He, it took him 14 months of fighting with the city. 
the city fought for him. It's, it's drug, drug dealers and gangbangers' rights to do drug deals. And, and they had fentanyl overdoses and heroin overdoses and people shooting up and, and people getting mugged and robbed and raped and all kinds of things. So he took 14 months because when idiots are in authority, it never bodes well. And so he, he finally got to clean it all up. Where, where, they were, where they were, the vagrants were living, he turned now into one of the, the top uh, kind of bar pubs with the biggest uh, TV screens for sports and everything packed, packed on the weekends. Upstairs is Cannonball Sushi, one of the, the five-star sushi. I've never seen sushi like it. With, and then what used to be the swimming pool, they've refurbished the swimming pool, but they've built a three-story gym all with, with glass overlooking the, the ocean. So people are on ellipticals looking out onto the ocean. It's just stunning. They, they, they got rid of all the, the, the gangster rap music with all the cuss words and they put in uh, kind of Christian or friendly music. Uh, they put in over 50 uh, security guards are working. You can't even walk... 20 feet without bumping into security. Security's everywhere. There's no grass, uh, no uh, glass or papers or graffiti on the walls or paper on the ground. It's picked up straight away. They've upgraded all the, and when you walk in, I'm like, there's laughter, there's children, there's families everywhere. And the Holy Spirit gave me this word. He said, you can, you can tell he's a king. His reflection is in his kingdom. Jesus said, a man who was born deaf and mute I cast out demons. Satan doesn't fix these things. He says, but if I cast the demon out of him, you'll know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says, look at the evidence. He was mute and now he speaks. He was deaf and now he hears because the kingdom is a kingdom of deliverance. It's a kingdom of freedom. It's a kingdom of expression. It's a kingdom where you have a mouth to speak. You have ears to hear what's going on. I refuse to go deaf. I refuse to, to, to well, you know, we just ought to preach the gospel and just shut, a, shut a, an ear to what is going on in our nation. No, no, no. I want to I have ears to hear and I want to have a mouth that speaks. You will find that the, you can tell a lot about a king by the qualities of the kingdom. In the kingdom of God, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Jesus healing. Jesus restoration. He restored families. He restored relationships. He restored friendships. Don't listen to politicians' words. Jesus says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false teachers. You'll know them not by their prophecies or by their teaching. You'll know them by their fruit. A good tree can't bear get bad fruit. We're coming into elections. Don't listen to the promises. Look at the fruit. Newsom, Newsom, I saw a video rolled out this weekend, Newsom's 10-year plan to eradicate homelessness. Only thing is, if you look up the, 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 the date, it was 14 years ago. 14 years ago, he had a 10-year plan to eradicate homeless. Well, how's that one working out for you, Einstein? And the reason they don't want to, he doesn't want to eradicate homelessness. Number one, because it doesn't touch him. Well, we were locked down, not able to have five people together for Thanksgiving. You think he didn't have five people together? He was eating in Martha's, uh, Martha's Vineyard, uh, no, French Laundry. He was in French Laundry, $2,000 bottles of wine, indoor dining. Well, we weren't allowed to do indoor dining. No masks, no social distancing because it's rules for thee, not for me. That's every corrupt dictator. What He used to be uh, mayor of San Francisco. How did that go? It's people that live there. It's don't, don't, don't listen to the words. Look at the fruit. You know, the devil hates that I'm preaching this. He hates, oh, I don't, I don't like that pastor. He's getting politically engaged. He's, he's making fun of my political party. Look at him up there. I'm not making fun of any political party. I'm just trying to educate you to be wise. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Look, you can tell a lot about the authority by the quality of the kingdom. I know when, when the authority of God is flowing through my life because it shows up in my marriage, it shows up in my children, it shows up in my family, shows up in relationships. That's just the default pos position in my life. If there's something dysfunctional, it's because I'm incongruent with kingdom. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. My peace, I, not as the world gives. The world doesn't have pe the peace that He has. 
when people go to heaven, the reason it's called heaven is because it's heaven. Another, another name for heaven, it's like if you need another pseudonym, what about paradise? Paradise. It sounds better in a Latino accent. Today, Jew will be with me in paradise. Paradiso. It's paradise. It's awesome. It's heaven. No sickness, no disease, no death, no pain, no suffering. Because you can tell a lot about a king by the quality of the kingdom. Can I just tell you, I got saved on a beach, disowned by my dad. And I was either smart enough or dumb enough. You can choose and I'll take either to just say, man, I screwed up my life. My life is such a mess, but just maybe the Word of God works. So I began to apply this. And everywhere I saw dysfunction, everywhere I saw brokenness, everywhere I saw conflict and stress and anxiety, every time I saw this, I always could trace it back to, oh my gosh, I'm living incongruent with the Word of God. And as soon as I realigned, as soon as I repented, changed the way that I thought and said, you know what, I'm no longer, I'm actually going to trust you, God. Peace, blessing, prosperity. Every year of your life, you, the Bible says that God has made us a nation of kings and priests. Your life can be the great, your life literally can reflect heaven and project heaven to people here on earth because the same word that fashioned the heavens is the same word that fashioned the earth. God didn't use one word for heaven and an inferior word for earth. The same word that fashioned the heaven is the same word that fashions the earth. The word of God works in heaven and the word of God works in the earth. When you apply the word of God, your life will flourish. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Have a look at this. First Kings 10, 27. Before I get too excited. First Kings 10, 27. This is about Solomon. Solomon was the king of Israel. He, he succeeded the throne of his father, David. And have a look at what it says. It says, in the days of Solomon, the king made silver as common as in Jerusalem as stones and expensive cedar as common as or as abundant as the sycamores which grow in the lowland. In other words, I wouldn't even have to meet Solomon to tell you what kind of a king he is. How could you make that judgment if you've never met him? Because look at the fruit. The fruit is that silver was as common as stones. You know a great king because everybody flourishes. You know a wicked king because they get richer and the people get poorer. In Venezuela, they're eating out of trash cans. But do you, do you, do you think the elite, do you think, Hugo Chavez and those guys, you think they're eating at a tra- oh, They're eating in the finest restaurants while the people languish in poverty. You can tell a lot about a king by the quality of the kingdom. In the days of Solomon, silver was, people were flourishing, people were advancing. They were using cedar, the most expensive, because Solomon brought such blessing and prosperity into the nation. We have the highest gas prices. We have the lowest wages, the biggest wage drop in years. Interest rates going up. They're saying that homes are going to drop by 20%. They're they're saying all of these things. You can tell a lot about the authority by the condition of the kingdom. Well, I don't like President Trump. He's, he's He's not perfect. There was one perfect man. We crucified him. Yeah, but you know, he's been married three times and... He does offensive tweets. Right now, every time we fill up the, the, the gas tank, I'm like, I wouldn't mind a few more offensive tweets for lower gas. I can handle an offensive tweet. Do you know those same idiots would, would, would say, we can't trust Samson. How could God use Samson? He's... You can't trust Moses. He's a murderer. He murdered a guy. Why are you trusting a murderer? You can't trust David. He slept with someone else's wife. You can't. Actually, if you start going on that, well, let's make sure that that light doesn't turn back at you. Oh, perfect one. Oh, ye without sin, casting all those stones. Or perhaps maybe there's one or two you don't want to. Anyway, we need to keep moving. Number four, numero cuatro. Number four is psychological appetite seduction. It's really interesting. The king of Assyria said, listen, if you, make, if, you, if you open the gates and come out, let me in, let me take this territory, then I'm gonna make sure that you keep eating 
fruit from your vineyards, keep drinking water from your wells, keep eating bread from your fields. He goes, oh, look, I'm gonna take you away, but don't worry, where I take you away, there's by 2030, you will own nothing, but you'll be very happy. Either that or you'll be shot, one of the two. Be, be, be very careful, when we were in Rome, it was very interesting. They said, they were telling us how they were like the first prototype for the authority of the government to be divided into three branches. But the Caesars shut down the other two and became dictators and corrupt. And they said that they got away with it because of two things. Bread and gladiator games or food and entertainment. He said they discovered just a psychological reality that people won't put up a fight and won't put up a resistance if their belly's full and they're entertained. So they, they fed their bellies and they distracted them with entertainment so that there was no uprising by the people as they begin to see the line move closer or further and further and further away from marriage and family and purity and chastity and virtue into vice, into debauchery. We have a, we have a generation right now, the devil's trying to do exactly the same thing. He tries to seduce you with food and entertainment. As long as, as long as hey, you know, why, why own it? You can just rent it. We'll make sure that it all gets delivered to you. It's, it, whatever you want, whatever you need, just put us in authority. We ain't buying it. Because my Bible tells me that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Huh, if we own nothing, somebody's going to own all this stuff. Oh, you own it. So you own it and we have to, what, what if we disagree with you? What if we get in a heated and you don't like our, answer you don't like how all of a sudden you're the one in authority if you don't own see if you don't own anything how are you going to barter for your life if you don't own anything you've got nothing with, with which to barter or redeem don't buy into that don't buy into that one the last one number five the last one number five rules of warfare whatever you overcome you come over 2 Samuel 8 verse 1 have a look at this so we know that Goliath comes down piping off. He comes down piping off. David walks into the battle. David takes out Goliath. Now this is, that was 1 Samuel 17. This is 2 Samuel now 8 verse 1. This is about 30 or 40 years later. After this, David defeated and subdued the Philistines by conquering Gath, their largest town. So it began in the Valley of Elah with a teenage boy with Goliath saying, give me a man that we may fight. If he defeats me, we'll be your servants. But if I defeat him, you'll be our servants. David goes down wearing a shepherd's tunic with five smooth stones and a sling. In the sling, he puts a stone, whoops, kill shot. It goes into Goliath's head, destroying his brain and he falls to the ground. He's, it's over. But David is not content just to kill the giant. The Bible says David goes up and removes his sword and cuts off his head. Why did he cut off his head? Because all the way through the Bible, head, Rosh, is authority. David says, I'm not just going to win a battle in a valley against my enemy. I'm actually, he was piping off saying that if you defeat us, then we'll be your servants. But if we defeat you, you'll be out. You'll come, you'll be subject to us. So I'm letting you know who's walking out with authority today. I'm letting you know, God just didn't give me just victory today. I'm wrestling authority from the enemy today. So that it comes to pass that David not only defeated, but subdued. To subdue means to bring under authority. 
And if you keep reading, which we encourage in the Bible, it says, and, and David had victory over the Philistines all the days of David's life. Why? Because he took authority in the valley. I want you to know what you overcome, you come over. You have authority over. You're facing some battles. You're facing some giants. Don't be content just to have victory here and victory there. God wants you to understand that He's given you authority. How did that happen? David walks into a valley and he comes out with authority. Jesus goes into a valley, the valley of the shadow of death. He goes into a valley and they crucify Him on a place called Golgotha. In Genesis 3.15, God's prophesying to Eve and to the serpent. And He says, let me tell you, serpent, I'm going to put enmity and hostility between your seed and her seed. You'll bruise his heel, but the very heel you bruise will crush your head. Golgotha means place of the skull, the head, place of the skull. But Golgotha, skull of Goliath. When they lifted Jesus up, piercing Him on the cross, He was pierced. When, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a serpent strikes, it puts venom. It puts death toxin in the... Jesus was lifted up to die on the cross. But they dropped that cross into a hole in Golgotha, the skull of Goliath. Why? Because you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Jesus rises again saying, I have the keys of death and the keys of hell. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm walking into a valley. I'm not just going to defeat death. I'm not just going to defeat sin. He says, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to disarm it. I'm going to strip it of its authority. I'm going to take its head from it. I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you're not just to have win, you're not just to win battles, you're to have authority over all the power of the enemy. So if you're saying, man, pastor, you don't understand, I grew up in addiction, man, you don't understand, I grew up in poverty, man, you don't understand, I grew up in dysfunction, you don't understand, I've been gripped by pornography, I've been gripped by lust. You know, at Emerge Men's, people would say to me, pastor, you're too transparent, you're too transparent. I don't know if we're transparent enough, if I was honest. I can't bring freedom to people if I pretend like now that I'm a man of God. I'm, now that I'm a man of God, I don't even perspire. Sweat is a thing from the past. The money that I save on deodorant, I no longer perspire. In fact, I don't even floss anymore. Plaque just falls off my gums because I'm a man of God. When the anointing comes upon you, gingivitis and bad breath, I don't even rinse. I don't even use mouthwash anymore. If I can create a culture and a team where we talk about the things that are common to all men, every man will struggle with lust, pride, insecurity, rejection, intimidation, fear, ego. If we can talk about those things and then say, here's how we face them. Here's how we get up. And we don't just face the battle to win the battle. We go in there and we take its freaking head from it because whatever you overcome, you come over. The reason that we have a recovery group is because these people have not just overcome beautiful Leanne Yaba. These people haven't just overcome they, they, they've taken the authority from it so they can bring other people into freedom. Joey, they can bring other people into freedom. They can bring other people into victory. Come on, I'm over time. Let's, let's stand to our feet. Lift your hands high to heaven. We are, we are behind enemy lines, but there was a great, great general. One of his scouts came and said, Sir, sir, I've got some bad news. I've got some bad news. The enemy in front of us. The enemy on our left, the enemy on our right, the enemy behind us. Sir, sir, it seems we're completely surrounded. And the general said, good. We've got them right where they want, where, right where we want them. Now they can't get away. You may feel like you're behind enemy lines. I want you to know Joseph was behind enemy lines. David was behind enemy lines. David's three mighty men. David said, oh, for a drink of the waters of Bethlehem. The waters of Bethlehem come from the Gihon, the Gihon Spring. 
that goes all the way back to Eden that was blessed of God. David said, the water here in this land is not the same as the water that comes from the blessing that flowed once from Eden. The Bible says the three men broke through the Philistine garrison in enemy, in enemy lines, behind enemy lines. They drew water from the well of Bethlehem and brought it to David. The purest water is behind enemy lines. Victory is behind enemy lines. Breakthrough is behind enemy lines. You may be behind enemy lines right now, but come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I declare that no weapon formed against these sons and daughters shall prosper. I declare that you have made them the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I declare that 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 greater is he on the inside of them than he that is in the world. Father, we're not just content to have a victory, but Father, we are to strip the enemy of his authority. Jesus, when you rose again, you said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I thank you, these people have Christ living on the inside of them. I break the cycles of poverty. I break the cycles of addiction. I break the cycles of dysfunction. I break the cycles of abuse. I break the cycles of sickness and disease. Of the spirit of infirmity. I break heart disease. I break the spirit of cancer. I break it now in Jesus' name. Somebody here, it's, it's, it's mental, mental. There's like a history of mental disorder. I break it now. You are free from it. You are free from it. You are free from it. The testimony of people that go to, to El Cajon campus will be, my God, there is an anointing in this place. There's a power in this place. I cannot believe the life that I'm living. Everything I touch prosper. I flourish. It's because I know how to live behind enemy lines. I declare blessing. I declare increase. I declare peace. I declare breakthrough. Now, just with your head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, friend, today, surrender. You may say, well, I just love coming to church. I keep hearing great words and encouragement, and that's awesome. But friend, when you're born again, that's when authority comes on the inside of you. That's when power begins to flow to you. It's one thing to hear a great word. It's another thing to have the power to do that great word. So if you're here today and you've never surrendered, surrender to Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, do it today. If you once walked with Him, but you're away from Him, come back to Him. Well, every head is bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I want to pray for you and then hand back to Pastor Michael. If that's you, would you quickly raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. And I'll see your hand. I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Just lifted high. Thank you. Who else? Saying, I need to come to Christ. I need to give my life to Christ. I need to surrender. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you through there. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful. I see your hand. Let's say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today. You so love me, you sent Jesus on a rescue mission behind enemy lines to save my life. Lord Jesus, thank you that on the cross, all my sins are forgiven. I am clean. I am free. I am a child of God. I declare today the authority of heaven flows through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.